This is Designing the Revolution. You're listening to Chapter 27, Part 4, Assemblies and Ecstasy. Okay, final part to the Assemblies and Ecstasy section. Um, yeah, so this is all important stuff. I hope, hope, you, I hope you've got that. <laughs> Right. This is a new theory of democracy, you know, something new on the table, uh, something genuinely innovative for the 21st century. It's not going to produce utopia, but it's going to produce something massively better than the hell we've got at the moment. Um, you've got to bring this through the context of the revolutionary process. You've got to be out there pushing it. It's got to be like a weapon of the revolution, as it were. Um, and it's got to actually do what it says on the tin in terms of its internal uh, or internal structures. The assembly is a very particular space, right? And it has to be done well. So there's no point just throwing assemblies out. Yeah, do an assembly and they basically turn into a shouting match, you know, disorganised, don't start on time, people go off on different, you know, just a chaos. And through all these episodes, you'll have noticed, and I'm sure you're familiar by now, is a revolution in the 21st century is fundamentally about a transformation in the culture of the social space, right? It's not hierarchical, top-down, you do this, otherwise, you know, these nasty things will happen to you. But at the same time, it's not a chaotic, horizontalist, everyone does their own thing, you know, don't tell me what to do. I'm my own, you know, sort of individual. These are mirror images of each other, as I'm sure you can see, right? You know, you've got the chaos of hierarchical individualism and you've got the chaos of horizontalist individualism. What we, what we move towards is, is this sociability paradigm, right? This key word. And what I'm going to be talking about for the next 20 minutes is you'll be, you'll be familiar with it by this time if you've been listening to my episodes, you know. There's rules of thumb about how you bring people together. And really, the People's Assembly and the Citizens' Assembly is, is really a different site of sociability, right? It's as simple as that. It has the same general rules, rules of thumb. So I want to start off just by, in a way, just continuing the theme of what I was talking about in part three, which is, is this notion of being explicit that this is a revolutionary proposition, a revolutionary process, um, that the assembly, the people's assembly, the citizens' assembly, is um, a way of manufacturing the people, a new common sense, a new consensus, which is the already existing consensus, but it can't speak because of this this overbearing regime, this cultural psychological regime of, this, of the neoliberal construction, right? The, the, the system is what it is, you can't change it. And as we were saying in the last episode, like part three is, this, is, this isn't enforced by, you know, in some simplistic, vulgar Marxist way by the ruling class, you know, hitting people over the head. It's enforced by the left itself through its reformist defeatism, by its you can't change it, you know, it never will change. And um, that's really bad, you know. 
What more can I say? Um, so in terms of what this concretely means in a particular time and space, you have this assembly. People come into the room, right? So the reformist paradigm is to go, we're going to pretend that we're just part of the existing system, right? This, this emperor without closed system. We've got, we want to change things in our local authority. We, we want to change things on the budgeting of our, of our council. We want to make up some nice things to tell the government because we're all working together and everyone's welcome and we're all going to sit down and we can have this nice civilised, you know, liberal, bourgeois sort of like conversation. Isn't that lovely? Uh, <laughs> no, what we're saying is we're going to stand up at the beginning of the assembly and we're going to say something along the lines of, you know what we know and what we all know is this system is finished. Maybe you don't think it's actually finished yet, but you know it's in massive trouble. And the reasons it's in massive trouble are for two reasons. Because the rich are running off with the money, there's no money for anything. And secondly, they're putting carbon into the air and God knows what that's going to do, but it's going to be hell for our kids. You see what I mean? So I've just described the two main dynamics of pre-revolutionary mobilisation, right? These interconnected dynamics between end of the month, end of the world uh, situation. But I put it in a populist language. I put it in a language that everyone knows. I'm not talking about, you know, some sort of Marxist phraseology. That's number one. Number two is I'm not, I'm not, telling people what they need to think and what they need to think is what I think. I think this, I am right and you need to know this, right? It's more like I'm reminding them of what they already know or they're on the cusp of knowing and they're on the cusp of realising because this is a pre-revolutionary period in human history. The system is going to collapse and everyone's sort of like going, oh yeah, it sort of is, isn't it? Um, and therefore, right, and therefore we, we brought this assembly together. And at the same time, right, notice, and at the same time, you are autonomous in this space. You will be respected in this space and you will be listened to and we will ensure that will happen so that you collectively can come together and decide what you want, right? So maybe you do want to, you know, support the Tory government, God forbid, right? If you do, then that's so be it, right? We're not here to tell you what to think, but we're being honest with you. We're being honest with you about what we think. And dare, is, dare, dare we say it, we're pretty sure you're thinking something similar, right? But if you're not, that's fine. But if you are, let's acknowledge it, okay? In other words, like, this isn't a top-down, far-left, Leninist routine, you know, revolutionary. If you don't agree with us, we're going to break your legs afterwards sort of thing, right? But it's not a neoliberal democracy space we're all friends here society's trundling along and we're going to be putting these ideas forward to the government in a nice consensus way that's all fact and everyone knows it's fact uh, so the the pseudo respect of neutrality um isn't respect at all right it's 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 an enforcement of the existing dominance domination regime as Foucault would say um, the respect showing respect to people is going this is where we are this is what we think but you're independent you do your fit your thing and you will feed it into 
the broader system. And the key dynamic is it's not manipulative, it's honest, it's authentic, it is what it is. And this is, you know, we talked about this in a few episodes, is, is a revolution will be authentic or it'll be nothing, right? React, the essence of reaction is the process of, of manipulation of people in order for, to get them to adhere and submit to your ideology, whether that's the ideology of capital or it's the ideology of some authoritarian leftist sort of uh, situation. All right. And then you throw in a joke line, right? You know, <laughs> always end with, with a joke, you know. As I said, we're not going to break your legs. You know, something like that because then it shows depreciation because we're just, we're just having a chat, right? You know, when you have a chat with someone in a sociability context, you use self-depreciation all the time. You know, maybe I'm an idiot, you know. People laugh. They don't want some flat bureaucratic routine and they don't want some top-down, you know, far-left routine. What they want is... Here's Roger Hallam. Oh, right, he's being honest. Okay, fair enough. I don't actually agree with him, but fair enough. Because he's being honest and authentic, right? So, I, you know, I've just had an argument with one or two of my colleagues, as it were, you know, this week about this, is we need to have the confidence of our own, of our own beliefs. And that's actualized by saying in, in the assembly who we are. I'm mentioning that word revolution, because that word revolution is the pathway to liberation. And you need to introduce it at some point it's a pre-revolutionary period, so bloody get on with it, right? Life goes on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going on about this a little bit because, <clears throat> as I mentioned in the last episode, I've watched one or two videos by Mark Fisher, uh, this sort of theorist of late capitalism, you know, or one of these academic type guys, but he's really good. And um, so you might want to watch this. I think it's called DIY Conference, and it's about 20 minutes in on YouTube. And what, he, what he's saying is like, you know, the, the right have this ideology, you know, they're clear about what they want to create. You know, it's individualism, it's the free markets, you know, the, the imperialism of capital, as we would call it, right? It's like, this is the new world, conform, and we're going to force it on you and tough if you don't like it. And what the left does is, because they're into all this like postmodernist bollocks, right? They're always going, well, you know, this is what we believe, but maybe it's not correct. You know, maybe, maybe we need to discuss it. Maybe we just need to suggest it and let people talk about it a little bit, you know. You know. And we're talking, as Mark Fisher says, it's like, no, you know, there's fundamentals, there's equality, there's solidarity, right? There's freedom. These, these are non-negotiables. These are things which people absolutely want. And we've got a program and we need to be confident about saying it, you know, the fucking world's going, right? It's gone. It's going to be, this is all done. We need to create the next world and the next world needs to look like this. And people need to be led in that sense, right? But as he says, like, this doesn't go, it's, it, it's nuanced. It's not going to an abusive, aggressive, Leninist, break your leg situation, right? It, but it is, it is like, it's self-respecting. I'm Roger Howell and this is what I believe. And people will respect that. Okay, so there's variations on the theme. How, how does this fit in to what you might call the timeline and the, the, the micro design of the assemblies? We've done the macro design, you know, this is really important stuff, this big strategy. But we're, it's like we're coming back to some of the early episodes just for the next 20 minutes. To, I'm just going to give you an outline. And obviously, if you're going to do assemblies, you're watching this and going, yeah, 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 let's do assemblies. 
there's a whole bunch of information. You contact me, you know, hopefully there'll be an email at the bottom of this or something. Will there be an email? Anyway, we'll do a, some connect, connection thing and you can get in touch with people and you can get a 60 page pack and read the micro design. But let's just remind ourselves of how do you provide, how do you create spaces where people can discover their collective power and enter into this ecstasy, right? This word we've used, the ecstasy the religious, spiritual realisation that they belong to a community and this community is going to care for them and they are powerful in that community and they suddenly feel like what they feel they should have felt like all their life, right? Which is, you know, this optimal notion of human existence, which is, yeah, there's loads of problems, but there's people around you who are going to support you and you're going to make your way through it and you're going to make your way through it not as an individual but in a sociability space where you can ask people and you can do things together and we're all in this you know we're all working together and blah 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 and there's going to be off days you know where it doesn't quite work out and all the rest of it but it's like a big change isn't it from this yucks individualism you're on your own mate sort of stuff all right so here we go let's let's strundle our way through it so you've got your assembly you need to publicize the assembly right so a big problem here, you know, in particular at this moment in time is, you know, all your, all your mates turn up and, you know, all the XR people and, you know, all, all your radical left type people. And, and it's lovely because, you know, everyone agrees that you should and you come up with some big left wing programme. That's all fact, right? It's like, that's not what we're doing here. We're doing like popular revolution. In other words, we're not going to have a revolution worth its name if it isn't, it doesn't involve the community itself, right? Which doesn't mean you need to be obsessive about it, right? You're not doing like sortition in, in terms of a people's assembly. In terms of a people's assembly, by the way, that's sort of broadly self-selecting. But there's a lot of agency involved in who you actually get to come into the, that room. So, you know, in the project, humanity project involved in at the moment, you know, there's like rules, this is the plan, is You've got to deliver 5,000 leaflets, you've got to pull up 200 posters, you've got to do free stalls, you've got to contact 20 community organisations, you've got to spend like three hours on the phone. You know, this is the standard routine, just as we've had in Just Up Oil, you know, you don't just invite all the sort of environmentalists in, you know, Bedford. It's like you're getting out, you're going to talk to the church, you're going to talk to the sports club, you're going to go to the chess club. It's like, hi guys, you know things aren't that great, we're going to have this assembly, here's some information about it, you know, we're going to have food, it's going to be cool, glum and bum, you know, turn up, you know, knock on the doors, you know, or we're going to have this chat. You don't call it an assembly, you call it coming together, you call it a, a pop or something, you know, something. It's, it's, it, it's cool, right? It's a pro, it's, it's, it's something you can get your head into. It's two hours of your life. Why don't you come down? Okay, so there's a standard protocol uh, of how you actually get 50 people in the room and let's say for sake of argument, 25% of them have never been to anything like this in their life. That's, that's the name of the game. And in Hull, um, uh, hopefully I've got this right. <laughs> My friends are not watching. But like I heard this second hand, so maybe this isn't quite right, but it's really funny, which is, they're having a stall, right? Now you think, oh yeah, there's a stall, there's a stall. But there is, a stall's not a stall. A stall is 20 different things and you can recruit, you know, 100 people through the stall. You can recruit three. It all depends on what you're doing. Are you standing in front? Are you standing behind? You know, there's an episode on this. But what the guys in Hull did is, you know, had a big board 
and uh, this has been used in Extinction Rebellion a bit, I think, as well. And they have a question. So the used to question used to be, you know, what do you think about the climate crisis? You know, and you have a sticker. You know, do you think it's, it's no big deal? You know, are you a bit worried about it? Are you quite scared? Are you shitting yourself? Well, you get, you know, you give the kids the stickers. They're going, oh, climate crisis. God, yeah, we're shitting ourselves. You know, so you build up all these these stickers, and they're all on this side of the graph and. Obviously, people are coming along going, yeah, yeah, I'm shitting myself about it as well. So you've got this cultural permission for everyone to start sticking it on there. But the, ma the main purpose of this is, is it provides this essential like entry point into a conversation. The entry point into conversation is absolutely critical in terms of mobilisation, as any salesperson knows, right? What you say in the first 10 seconds is critical. So what they did in Hell Hall anyway is they had this board, big board, and I think it was something along the lines of, oh, you know, uh, what's more useful to you? And they had a picture of uh, Keir Starmer on the left. They had a picture of a potato in the middle and uh, Rishi Sunak, is that yeah, him anyway, <laughs> that guy. They said the better about him on, on the right. So they're in the whole high street, you know, the one or two Labour Party, you know, full on people put their sticker on Keir Starmer. But, you know, 90% of people are going, a potato is more useful than these fucking politicians, you know. So you've got this humour that everyone's putting their stickers on there. You've got the visceriality and the the movement of people actually putting their sticker on, their kids putting their sticker on, you know, get you get to people through their kids, oh, hi, you know, put your sticker on, great. And then you're saying to people, they're all, it's like a, an icebreaker, right? It's like giving someone a drink, you know, when they come to a board, would you like a drink? You know, what's that got to do with anything? Nothing, it doesn't really matter. The point is, is it enables you to say, oh, so where are you from, you know? So you get into the conversation. So, you know, so you think politics are a bit shitty. Yeah, they, they are, aren't they? They've done nothing for others in whole. Well, you know, I don't know if you know, but lots of people are coming to this assembly on Thursday night, you know. It's, it's a big get-together, basically, and everyone's going to have a chat. You see what I mean? You're putting into everyday working-class language. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah, uh, let's go to... Yeah, yeah, I'm into that, actually. Have you got a leaflet about it? I'll bring, I'll bring my, my friend. She's, she, she's fed up with everything in this city. You see what I mean? So they've been they've been doing in whole, you know, which I think is, you know, <laughs> the holy grail of how to do this is there's lots of um, postcodes, you know, sort of my areas of of whole, maybe it's five, 10,000 people in, in, in the postcode. I'm not quite sure. So they're having a series of these assemblies and they got 70 people to turn up in a particular postcode. So you can imagine like an average sized city, you know, a fairly small city, let's say, and you have 10 or 20 assemblies and there's 50 people in each one. Well, that's that's getting somewhere, isn't it? Right. So this is this is the bringing people in. OK, so you're bringing people in. If you're starting for the first time, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Maybe only 20 people are going to turn up and maybe only 10, you know, never know where you, you keep going. Uh, and then you bring people into room. So I've talked about your pep talk. You're bringing people in. You're honest. You're saying, you know, we're we're we, we're really in revolutionary change because it's not looking that good. You know, maybe you don't. And I've talked about all of that. And then people are going to discuss something, right? Maybe they're going to discuss uh, how just what's going on, what's going on in whole, what's going on in the lives, what's going on in politics. Maybe it's going to have a bit more framing on it. Let's look at the cost of living. Let's look at how much it costs just to live in this city. Let's look at what's happening with the whole carbon, putting carbon into the atmosphere. Notice I'm not saying cost of living. I'm not saying like 
the climate crisis, right? These, these things that the BBC talks about, the media. No, let's talk about real life. You know, let's talk about how much it costs to live in the city. Let's talk about our well, fear of our kids, what's going to happen to them when food runs out, blah, blah. Okay, so there's variations on the theme, but the fundamental point is, is people are going to split up into groups, like usual sociability model, six to eight people. Maybe they're going to have a, uh, a testimonies at the beginning or personal stories. So you get like five or ten people. They've got an absolute limit of two minutes. They stand up and you say, well, I want to talk about how much it costs to speak, you know, to live in this city. I'm at my wit's end. You know, I didn't even have cornflakes for my kids last week. Right. You know, people get this emotional atmosphere of just things that are just really bad and such like. OK, so you've got your testimonies. Let's say you're going to do that at the beginning. Then you've got people into groups of eight, uh, groups of six. So in this in this episode, I'm sort of mixing up a little bit like citizens assemblies and people's assemblies. So just in case you're not sure, there's different words to these things, obviously. But people's assemblies are where you do this thing, like in Hull, you'd hand out leaflets, people are broadly self-selecting, you know, they hear about it. But you're getting a pretty good demographical mix of people in the room if you do it properly. A citizens assembly, formally speaking, is defined by this set sortition basis, you know, where people are chosen by random from whole, you know, through emailing everyone and you get these criteria, whether they're, you know, what their, what, what their, their background is, um, their gender, uh, where, which area they live in, and you get this mathematically accurate selection of people. For our purposes in this episode, what we're talking about is how do people actually deliberate, right? Well, we sort of know, don't we, because we've been talking about this, but let's just go through it again, is, is people talk about the subject, they have a go-round, right? So you, don't, you do not have a free-for-all. You've got special rules, and this is critical in terms of maintaining participatory discipline. So the paradox is you've got to have someone laying the rules down for people to be able to speak, right? That's really important. That's, that's, that's the big transition in these episodes. We're not saying, okay, guys, everyone have a chat about this. It's like, no, you're just going to get like people that talk the most, talking the most. So you're saying, right, we're going to be in this group. Everyone's going to talk for two minutes about what they think about cost of living in this city. If you talk for more than two minutes, I'm going to shut you up, okay? No disrespect, but basically we're here to listen to each other. We're here to listen to each other. That's the critical phrase, right? We're not here to just mouth off. We're here because we, we want to hear about other people like us and hear their stories. So, you know, the first, so that's, that's the format. You have a go round and then potentially you have some, some discussion about it. Then what do people talk about? Well, you know, I was designing this big citizens assembly and there's different ways of doing it. And to be honest with you, a lot of the conventional citizen assembly orientation is very cognitive in the sense that it's like we're going to look at this issue, we're going to look at the pros and cons, and then we're going to come out with a rational outcome, right? But we know from what we've been saying in these episodes, that's not really how human psychology works. If you want to engage with people, first of all, you want to get them to talk about themselves. It's like, so, you know, what's your, what's your journey on, on on the situation with the climate, you know, where, when did you first hear about it? How worried are you? So people speak and they speak through the act of speech, they become empowered, right? Um, then there's a sensitization process. So 
in a citizen assembly and potentially in a people's assembly as well, let's say you're talking about refugees, you know, I don't really care about them. You're coming into the assembly and you're sensitized, right? Which means humanized, right? It doesn't mean you're becoming left wing. It means you're becoming human in the sense that you're becoming connected. Um, this is not direct democracy. It's not like, oh, do we want to get rid of refugees? Well, they're a bit annoying, aren't they? Yeah. It's more like, okay, so let's look at this refugee situation. You're going to hear from some guy who's travelled from Somalia. And unless you're really like yucks type person, you can be going, okay, this is important, right? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a big problem here. This is ordinary people's lives, you know. These are the conditions in hostels. Oh, I didn't realise they were so bad. So you, first of all, you're getting people's stories. So this is sensitising people to the reality uh, of, of, of the situation. They're also talking about themselves. Okay, so that's what sensitization. The second process, and this could take a day or it could just take 20 minutes, right? It all depends on what, what design you're using. The second process is about looking at the facts because there are facts, right? People don't know about them. So this is saying, yeah, rational, rationalism is important. There's a world out there. You know, there's going to be one billion people who are going to get killed by the climate crisis. It's not one million, right? It's not 10 million. It's 1,000 million once we reach two degrees. That changes everything, doesn't it? It's like, you know, I want you to stop watching Netflix. Why? You know, give me a fact. Because my bloody house is on fire. Oh, right. That changes everything. Switch the telly off. You know, let's get out there. The neighbour's house is on fire. You see? So you've got to have this selection of facts. And that, that helps, you know, ground people. So you've got the sensitisation. You've got the facts. Then what's the response? What do we actually want to see? What do we want to co-create? What needs to happen here? You know, we want to have a rent strike. You know, I gave this example in a previous episode. So what, what's the plan? You know, like, what's the demand? Okay, we want to have a 40% pay. Uh, we want to have a 40% rent reduction. Okay, that's what the people have decided. You know, some cynical activists going, well, they'll never get that. That's not, you, that's not your role, right? Your role is not to be a cynical activist. Your role is to facilitate the will of, of the people. The people have decided they want a 40% pay cut. Um, <laughs> whoops, 40% reduction in, um, in, their, in their rent. So stuff is going to come out. And how it comes out is you've got your small group. They're going to be going, OK, what do we want to do, you know, with the council or, or whatever? And this is what we want. We want, you know, better lighting. We want um, free public transport. We want better youth services. OK, but what does that actually mean? OK, and they break it down, right? You know, you want buses to come every five minutes and they, they want to be free and we want a doubling of the number of buses. OK, you see, we get something concrete. We write that concrete stuff down. Then all the groups come back together. You've got one person speaking for each group, right? Not the bloke who's speaking most, you know, just an ordinary person. Uh, they are going to summarise what their group wants. So in public transport, this is what our group wants. We want this, we want this, we want this. Come up with your three points. Write your three points on the board, okay? So you've got, you know, 10 groups, you've got 30 points. Some of these points are the same. Then everyone gets up and they tick the policies that they like the most. So this is democratic, but it's seen to be democratic because you can see people writing their ticks, okay? Then you get a power law distribution of, of things that people want. You know, you've got some weird guy wants something weird, you know. No, no one really is interested in that. But there's three or four things that everyone wants, right? And I've done loads of these 
uh, these processes and that's what's called aggregation it's this big swarming mass of what people want and then it comes down to the ecstasy of collective decision right this is when people get excited it's not you know they're getting excited because they're all talking to each other but they get really excited where they can see something they've collectively created themselves which looks sexy and is actually what they want and they can see that it's what they want because they've just gone through this process of, of bringing it all together. So it needs a certain amount of skilled facilitation. You, know, you need to be on the ball. Some people are going to go off on various tangents. You know, people, you need to do the timekeeping, blah, 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 right? You can look all that stuff up. Okay, so that's the actual assembly itself. So you've got three bits. You've got the design, bringing people in, making sure you get that demographical uh, diversity. Then you've got the assembly itself. It's about listening, it's about co-creation, it's about the ecstasy of coming to the collective decision. Then what happens? In the neoliberal appropriated assembly space, that's it, guys. Thank you very much. We're sending off to the government, and guess what? They're going to do fuck all, right? What mugs you are for spending two days coming up with all this cool stuff, and the democracy space, as house slaves to the system, are going to go, well, we just need to wait. We just need to wait to see what they do. Subtext, you don't really count. You always knew you didn't count. And what's more is we don't have a plan for you to count, right? It's, 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 it's not good. <laughs> Anybody like that. The revolutionary-like paradigm is, guys, that's great. You've, you've come up with these policies. Now let's go and make them real. <laughs> Here's some pathways to action. And this is again, you know, Mark Fisher's point is people need to be led at this point. They, they want to know what to do. I mean, you know, they're not activists. This is where you come. Okay, guys, these are, these are the options. We're going to have a meeting on Thursday night and we're going to go leafleting or we're going to have a gathering outside the council or we're going to have another assembly. And we're all, you know, here's... Here's the meeting. The meeting is already there. It's organised in the assembly. So people already know it's next Thursday night at the Harris Street pub. Okay, we're meeting again and this is what we're going to be doing. And there's these pathways. Okay, so broadly speaking, there's four pathways out of an assembly in my view. I mean, there's variations on the theme. There's come and join our revolutionary project, right? You know, we need people to, to do a new assembly. Are you interested in another assembly? So there's 20 people in there because, you know, it's really hard work and not many people turned up, but they're enthusiastic in that moment in time. So five of them are going to go, yeah, 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 I'll come on Thursday and we'll start, we'll work on creating a bigger assembly. And the genius is, of course, is those people in the assembly, or most of them, have massively greater network connections than you do. They've lived in the area 30 years, they know their neighbours, they know their street, they know the, the chess club, you know, they, they, they know their church. So they're going to use their own credibility and connections to bring like 50 people into another one, which is going to be bigger and all the rest of it. Then there's going to be like public action. So this is critical. So, we, you know, I talked to some people about getting young black people in London. They're going to do an assembly, they're going to do an assembly, you know, maybe it's on air pollution, maybe it's on lack of youth services. What are they going to do next? Well, in the neoliberal frame, it's like, thanks very much, guys. You know, back to the estates. <laughs> You know, fuck that. It's like, we want to get out. Who's actually in charge of this? Who's in charge of it is the, ta the city hall, right? 
Okay, we're going to go to City Hall and we're going to occupy it. That's what we're going to do. You know, we're not going to have a big revolution. People aren't going to go to prison for two years, right? What we're going to do is we're going to do a 20-minute occupation. When the police arrive, we're just going to mill out. The, the genius of that is, is that, number one, they're going to ruffle a few feathers at the City Hall or whatever. But more importantly, from a strategic point of view, it's going to get on the six o'clock City News. And there's going to be some black kids, you know, in some other area of the city going, hang on a minute, that was quite good, you know. Oh, the project is called X. We're going to get, in, you know, go and Google X. Oh, get in touch with them. Oh, there's going to be a Zoom call tomorrow night. Oh, there's the link. So you have the Zoom call and suddenly you've got 50, like, young people from around the city, young kids going, hey, we want to do this. So you can see how this, this civil disobedience doesn't make you irrelevant. It doesn't alienate you from the population. It's the mechanism through which you mobilise the 1% of the population that are going to have the, the revolutionary agenda, as you might say. So, you know, more assemblies, public action, you know, don't need to call it civil disobedience, don't need to use all that activist phraseology. We're just going to do something that actually works, right? Just phrase it like that. Then you're going to feed into a national assembly or a city assembly. So it's like, oh no, it's not like, oh, you've got your ideas, thanks so much, go home. It's like, no. We're going to, four of you who are selected from the assembly are going to write a two-page summary of what you want and why you want it. We're going to do like five or six two-minute videos. We're going to put it up on a website. And that information, those videos are going to feed into an all-city assembly in about two months' time or, or a national assembly. And at that national assembly or city assembly, you're going to come up with the manifesto of what the people want. So, you know, there's this assembly here and this assembly here. Then, you know, they've broadly got the same ideas, but they've got their different quirks. And this assembly came up with a really good idea. So you're all coming together in this big city assembly. Maybe it's going to be a sortition, citizen assembly. Maybe it's just going to be a big self-selected 300 people in the room. It's all going to be a lot of fun. You're going to, different groups are going to be looking at these reports from the different assemblies. They're going to be getting testimonies, you know, they're going to be getting witnesses. They're going to have the scientists come in and say what they're doing, the professionals. They're going to regurgitate all the issues in, with these inputs from the local assemblies and they will come out with a good enough to go people's will document, right? Which is five points. Hey guys, this is what we want. And then that feeds into, you know, more civil disobedience, high public action. You know, we're going to occupy the city hall. Uh, we're going to have a big demonstration, whatever it is. We're going to have a banquet. We're going to have a party, all these things. Um, so that's the third thing. So more assemblies, local assemblies, public action, you know, civil disobedience, national assembly, citywide assembly, the people's will. And the fourth one is standing elections, obviously, right? Because that's a pathway to real power. So it's not like, hey, we're giving a little petition to the people in charge so they can pat us on the head. It's like, no, we're going to sit standing elections against the fuckers, right? We're going to ruffle those, 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 those feathers because they think the political system belongs to them. But no, it doesn't actually. We're, gonna, we're, we're not going to take it over. We're not going to get appropriated by it, right? Let's be clear about this. We talked about this before. The process of standing elections is twofold. Number one is, hey, I'm standing election because I can. It's a direct action. The second thing is, is a people's candidate frame, which is you actually win the election. But you don't win the election to go, oh, now I'm really famous and I'm going to get appropriated by the ruling class. That's it where, you know, going to have sherry with a local aristocrat, whatever it is. 
and saying, no, 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 like I'm here as a conduit for the people's will manifested through local assemblies, which by that stage are arguably systematized, so they have some democratic legitimacy. Um, so you're going into Mordor, as it were, you know, you're going into the, 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 the devil's space, <laughs> you know, the corrupted representation in Verticomers Parliament. But you're going in and doing direct action. You're going in and saying, I'm speaking for the ordinary people in this town and this is what they want. Uh, I'm blah, blah, blah. So this sort of leads us on to the plan, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode, which is how to bring all these things together. But you can see, you know, this is the this is how to design your assembly. But you're you're thinking about the assembly in this network space within this sort of arrow of time, right? setting it up really important what you say at the beginning how you actually structure it and then most crucially or crucially at least what comes after it which is you know these pathways to actual action and self-collective creation and enthusiasm and dare i say it, ecstasy thanks <laughs>